G'day my friends, if you're looking to learn something new, you've come to the right place. My name's Phil Abaharan and today I'll be discussing some of my favorite highlights from the book Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. So you might be wondering, Phil, why choose Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport? Well, I personally believe that we have an addiction to the digital world without us even really realizing it. Now, this statement isn't reflected in seeing other people's addiction to their phones, but it's also reflected in my own actions. You ever feel that constant temptation to check your phone for notifications? Have you ever sat down to check your phone and all of a sudden you're watching video after video? not realizing that a full hour that could have gone to doing something productive has completely vanished? You ever sit there at a populated area and just watch people sitting there or even walking around with their eyes glued to their phones for whatever reasons, completely disengaged from reality? Have you ever questioned these questions? Well, this book answers how the digital world has negatively affected our world and how we can create productive relationships with technology instead by using the simplistic, philosophy of digital minimalism. It's not about completely degrading the digital world and social media, not at all. It's about creating healthy relationships with these tools. And take note that I called it a tool because our phones and laptops can be used as tools to help us in life instead of destroy our attention spans, waste our time and increase our levels of depression and anxiety. Now I want to take some experiences I've witnessed with my own eyes to exemplify how the digital world can affect us negatively. Scenario one, I've got family coming in from Melbourne to visit. We're at the dinner table discussing, you know, life, what's been happening, the latest gossip, politics and whatnot. Then I realize my niece isn't there at the table with us. I ask my nephew, where's so-and-so? Oh, she's in the room on TikTok. She chose to dismiss herself from human interaction in order to get lost in the digital world. Mind you, it's a rare occasion that we get to see each other. So knowing that she left us for hours just to use TikTok, let me know how addictive these sites can be. On a side note, did you know that TikTok was created by a Chinese-based company called ByteDance? And here's another thing to put into consideration. TikTok is banned in China. A product created by China but it's banned in China. As funny as it may sound, but TikTok was supposedly created as, as a form of psychological warfare weaponry in order to damage the minds of children. But that's a whole other story. Scenario two. The other day, I just finished my five-kilometer run around Lake Billy Griffin, so I was doing my post-run walk around the lake. I look over to the right, and I see these kids. Had to be around five to eight years old, climbing trees and having fun. One of the kids was screaming, Mom, Mom, help me, I'm stuck. But the kid obviously wasn't stuck. She just wanted her mum's attention because her face was glued to the phone whilst her kids wanted to have fun and play with her. I was thinking, man, your kid just wants your attention and you over there playing on your phone right there. How y'all gonna do that to your kids, man? We only get so little time in this world and you wanna just be on your phone. Doing God knows what, man. Looking at other people like, man. Last scenario, I remember going to Chadston a while back. I was just casually walking from shop to shop 
looking for shit to buy. I see this girl walking at a pace that I would consider quite speedy. But all while she was walking at this quite speedy pace, she was staring at her phone, oblivious to her surroundings. She was also oblivious to the couch that was around knee-high in height that was around 20 metres in front of her at the time. I was thinking, man, if this girl doesn't put her head up, she is going to smash into that couch. And that she did. And it made for some of the best entertainment a man could experience. The funny thing is, is that she fell flat on the couch face first. And to add to the drama, she had a handbag and slippers. It's always something different when the slippers fly off when someone falls. Then she got up and stomped on the ground like a child and got angry. At a couch. An item made for relaxation. But with all that being said, I had this in mind. Social media and the digital world is like a cunning thief robbing us of some of our most valuable assets, our time and attention. We tend to forget that there are much better things to attend to rather than looking at what other people are doing on social media or incessantly scrolling through Facebook or Instagram looking for something entertaining. We could have spent this valuable time or attention contacting a loved one or working on a project, but we instead engage in low-quality activities that really do nothing for us but waste our time on this earth. But before we get into the book, I want to present some key statistics and points that involve social media and our addiction to the digital world. Key point number one, the global screen time average on social media is two and a half hours. If you want to check your social media screen time, it should be there in your settings somewhere, but damn, two and a half hours gone. Just like that. All to looking at other people's lives or finding meaningless content that does nothing for you. Here's another key point. According to the Royal Society for Public Health and Young Health Movement 2017, the prevalence of anxiety and depression has increased by 70% in the past 25 years in young people. The studies in terms of the correlation between social media and the recent increase of depression and anxiety is inconclusive. However, the increase of anxiety and depression do run at a parallel to the social media usage increase as those 25 years went by. Even I couldn't imagine what I would be like if social media was prevalent when I was a teenager. When I was a teen, I was already depressed enough. Shit, I had so much acne on my face, I looked like a damn picnic bar all up in the face. I had mates call me Moonface because of my acne scarring. And then to see a whole bunch of people on social media looking all handsome and sexy? Sheesh! I was raised in a low-income family. So poor that when I went to have a shower once, I fell through the damn floor. We couldn't even afford a floor. Imagine being all on Instagram when I was a teenager and seeing somebody with a floor. You understand how jealous and resentful I'd be? But anyways, let's get into some of my favorite highlights from the book Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. What you need instead is a full-fledged philosophy of technology use, rooted in your deep values that provides clear answers to the questions of what tools you should use and how you should use them, and equally important, enables you to confidently ignore everything else. My personal philosophy and rules on how I should use my phone is this. Whenever I pick up my phone, ensure that it's for something productive rather than meaningless and time-wasting activities. 
I might watch the odd random MMA or boxing video from time to time, but I'd say that 90% of my phone usage goes towards productive activities. As an example, meaningful and intentional use of my phone would be things like writing scripts for my podcast, fact-checking or doing research, sharing content, communicating with friends and family, tracking my fitness, trading cryptocurrencies, you know, things that create value. Things I don't find value in are things like incessant scrolling to find entertainment, stalking people's profiles, looking at people's stories on Facebook or Instagram, and the list goes on. I mean, I made the personal effort to remove Facebook and Instagram off my phone, and when I got back on it after a few weeks and started going into my old habits, like checking stories and checking my feed, I began to realize how unimportant all these things were. Like, how's it going to benefit me in any way seeing that someone is going to eat a ham sandwich? We live in a cosmic universal existence that's part of a vast expanse of molecules and atoms with both scientific and metaphysical meaning, whilst I'm sitting here looking at someone's ham sandwich. A ham sandwich. We got all this beauty around us in the moment, but I'm looking at someone's ham sandwich. I understand that people could find their own way of rationalizing looking at other people's stories or ham sandwiches, but after my own personal experience and deeper contemplation concerning phone use, I find it completely meaningless. But that's my overall philosophy. If I'm using my phone, it has to be used intentionally and it has to create some kind of value, whether it be learning something new or helping other people learn something new. Next highlight. Cal Newport writes, long before Henry David Thoreau exclaimed, simplicity, 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 Marcus Aurelius asked, you see how few things you have to do to live a satisfying and reverent life? Digital minimalism simply adapts this classical insight to the role of technology in our modern lives. I've realized that as I've grown older, I've become a lot more in tune with the concept of simplicity. As the saying goes, less is more. Now, you're probably thinking that it's counterintuitive to say that, but when you have less things, the more space it opens up for your mind, time, attention, and space. So I'll give you an example of my own life experience, right? Just turned 19 years old, didn't come to Canberra with no more than probably $5 to my name. As soon as I got my first paychecks, I was out there getting anything that looked cool. Different clothes, a TV, all these different games, all kinds of shoes. Now I look back at how much I got and think, damn, I got way too much shit that I haven't even worn in years. Now I got a closet that's chock-a-block full of shit that I never wear. But what I do now is I keep it simple. Every time I go out, it's always the same thing. Blue jeans with either a black or white shirt. Depending on the situation, if I want to get a little bit classy, you know, I'll rock the Ferragamos. If I'm going for something casual and I'll be walking around a bit, it's the Nike 77 Blazer Lows. If I'm having a session at the gym for weight training, I use my Nike Metcons. If I'm going for a run, I use my Nike Pegasus. But do you get what I mean? I always know what I'm going to wear all the time. It saves me from wasting time having to choose what to wear because I know it's always going to work. I shouldn't get the credit for this idea because I really got it from Barack Obama and Steve Jobs. Barack said himself that he only wears two types of suits because it gives him more time to make other more important decisions. Even with Steve Jobs, he wore the same blue jeans and his closet was full of the same tailored black turtlenecks by Japanese designer Issei Miyake. But since we're talking tech, simplicity in terms of using your phone could be only having apps that benefit you on your phone. 
As for me, I removed all social media apps on my phone and just have the important stuff like my Google Notepad, Kindle to read books, Garmin Connect to track my fitness, etc. It saves my mind from wasting time looking through apps that don't really do anything for me. Well, I've had social media removed for like two weeks now, honestly, but I kid you not, from my own experience, my productivity has skyrocketed. I've been reading and writing way more than how I did when I had social media on my phone. And the social media app I have right now is Messenger to keep in contact with the people I'm close to. But anyways, on to the next highlight. I spoke with Andy Grignon, who was one of the original iPhone team members. This was supposed to be an iPod that made phone calls, he confirmed. Our core mission was playing music and making phone calls. I still remember the first few stages of when the iPhone first came out. From what I remember, I came in when the iPhone 3 came out and all I really used it for was listening to music and making phone calls. I've actually read the Steve Jobs biography by Walter Isaacson. Steve was the type of person that was for the people. Steve's intention was to empower the commoner with high-level and accessible technology that will help to empower the people, in which he pretty much did with the creation of Apple products. And just look at the hardware and design of your phone. It's most likely entirely touchscreen with only a limited amount of buttons, right? That's all inspired by the first ever iPhone. No matter what phone you have, it's all inspired by that first ever Apple iPhone team. Now app developers and billion dollar companies took advantage of something that was well-intentioned and turned it into a device that has the same negative addictive aspects that are similar to gambling. Our phones became vessels for unhealthy comparison and an increase of depression and anxiety. Even through social media apps. With every search you conduct in the search bar, every post that you react to, every conversation we have through Messenger are all insights into the way we think and behave to these companies. In a way, these apps are trying to ultimately understand how our minds work and how they can manipulate our minds into using their products more. Steve Jobs intended for these devices to help aid humanity, not to become slaves to our devices and help billion dollar companies manipulate our minds. Next highlight. It's widely accepted that new technologies such as social media and smartphones massively change how we live in the 21st century. There are many ways to portray this change. I think the social media critic Lawrence Scott does so quite effectively when he describes the modern hyper-connected existence as one in which a moment can feel strangely flat if it exists solely in itself. One thing I've begun to realize in my own actions, and I'm sure others can relate to this too, but do you guys feel that constant pull of your attention to check your phones in times of idleness? As an example, you're waiting in line at a store, or even if you're just walking, do you feel this constant urge to check your phone, even for no reason at all? I know that there's a lot of people out there that are guilty of this type of behavior. It's almost as if it's too difficult for us to just sit there with our own thoughts and be in contemplation. So instead, we resort into letting our phones think for us. Think about that. We can become so attached to our phones that we let our phones think for us rather than thinking for ourselves. Maybe I'm just thinking too deep about it, but from my own evaluation of my own experiences in seeing both myself and others, we let our phones think for us rather than think for ourselves. 
It's almost as if deep contemplation and proper solitude is limited because of our phones. Now you're probably thinking, Phil, why does contemplation and deep thoughts even matter? Well, it matters because I believe that there are certain faults within our lives that we tend to ignore. There might be certain actions you commit to that damage your health and well-being. You might have friendships that you're maintaining that are no good for you at all. There might be certain things about your personality that you're unaware of that are repulsive. All of these faults take deep thoughts and deep contemplation in order to correct. As an example, you might have terrible eating habits, muffins and pancakes for breakfast, burgers smothered with double patties and melted cheese for lunch. Throughout the day, you're drinking monster energy drinks. Now you could contemplate and think about how it can destroy your health and ultimately lead to premature death, all whilst leading to weight gain and brain fog making you incapable to do everyday activities to your full capabilities, or you can just stay scrolling on your phone indiscriminately, leading you to forget how damaging your habits are to your health. You could have a so-called friend that's constantly negative, always gossiping about what he say or she say, always peer pressuring you to do bad things and who's ultimately making you look bad. Now, you can use deep reflection and contemplation to help you realize how bad this person is for you or you can just keep your thoughts at surface level and let this person keep damaging your own reputation and your own health and well-being. As Lawrence Scott said, a moment can feel strangely flat if it exists solely in itself. And now I try to avoid that attention pull as much as possible. And oftentimes, I'll admit, I kind of look mad stupid because I just sit there and gaze into the distance, but really, I'm just in contemplation. I'm thinking about podcast ideas, what I'm going to be doing in the next few hours of the day, some of the relationships I have, things I could do better myself, and the list goes on. Sometimes I just watch people and see how they interact with one another or look at people for outfit ideas. Sometimes I just stare at architecture and appreciate its brilliance. I genuinely feel like a weirdo at times, but hey, I'd rather be a weirdo than normal. So that does it for today's episode of the Bookworm Podcast, guys. I hope you all enjoyed the show and I hope I gave you a few cheat codes to help you in this game we call life. If you want a full experience of the book, the book is titled Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. To summarize what I just discussed, I'll keep it simple. Closely monitor how you use your device. I just told some of my coworkers that their phones have a setting where you can check exactly how much screen time you've had and which apps you've been using within that time. For Apple, I believe you go to settings and go to screen time and it will have all of your screen time details there for you. For Android users like myself, go to settings and look for digital well-being and parental controls. And all the screen time and which apps you've been using will be all there for you to display. I believe it's an awesome tool to keep track of how much time you spend on your phone and what you really use your phone for. But anyways, thank you for listening and keep that search for knowledge alive because as they say, knowledge is power. Now get out of here, you little shit. Thank you.